following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. As we've already kind of talked about and as the Lord's been moving even through our worship, um, today we are focusing on really the aspect of love that came down when Jesus came. We've been using these weeks leading up to Christmas to remind us of what was being heralded when the uh, announcement about Jesus came or in every prophecy about who, who was coming in the Messiah we're using these weeks to really try to dive into that more deeply. I think sometimes we can allow those to be kind of surfacey concepts of like, oh, peace, oh, hope, oh, love, like Hallmark movies, and I love love. And, um, and you know, although I do actually enjoy Hallmark movies, uh, I want us to really be connecting with the depth of these things, and especially with the depth of love. And there's times when I feel like, um, God, we're always talking about love at church. It's just so, so much about love. Do we not have anything else to talk about? Not really. The, the reality is, is that you really can't take, make too much of love. That scripture tells us the greatest of these is love. And not just in that one place, we see it all throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament on through the New Testament, and that we need to recognize all of the Word from the very beginning until Revelation is based on love, is the story of love, is the encounter with God's love. And I think that there's times, and I want us just to make sure that we're aligned and how we're thinking about love and, and what happened when Jesus came. Because sometimes we can begin to think that I am loved because Jesus came. And there's this little nuance of Jesus came so that God could love me. Jesus came so that I could be loved because before I had sin and so then I couldn't be loved. But it's not true. Jesus came because I was loved. Jesus came because God loved me. And everything from the Old Testament into the New Testament was all about the pursuit of God's love after people. And it seems like such a small nuance, but it affects the way that we re relate and interact with God. When we recognize that it wasn't that Jesus came to protect me from, an, from not being loved, it was that Jesus came as the, as the exhibition of this great love that God had for me already. And so we want to come from that place. That's when we talk about being rooted in love, we want to know that's the place that I'm rooted in as I even think about love that his love was set on me, and that's why Jesus came. His love was set on you, and that's why Jesus came. I didn't want you to think I thought it was all about me. So we see where the Scripture talks about faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. The word greatest is the word mega. Isn't that a great word? It's, it's the greatest. 
It has to do with having the most dimension, the most mass, the most weight. It's something higher than another, more exalted and more excellent. There's this place where it talks about love and, and they, it talks about all the different gifts and the different things. And he says, but I show you a more excellent way. And then he begins to talk about love. And so we can't elevate love beyond where the Bible has already elevated love. He, he's telling us it's the greatest. We know that it's because of love. The, the scripture that most of us were presented with the gospel, that God loved the world. So he gave his son. And we know that it's because of love that he gave his son. In Psalms, there's multiple places where we, it talks about the enduring love of God. There's a psalm, I don't remember which one it is. It's in the hundreds somewhere. But it's the psalm where it says, it begins to talk about how he spoke the world into creation and he hung the stars and he did all these different things. And, and that in between there, it says, praise him for his enduring love. He wasn't being praised even for flinging the stars into space or, or speaking the mountains into existence. He was being praised for his enduring love. That is the thing that is praiseworthy about our God, among those other things. But that's an amazing aspect. We, want to, we can't make too much of his love. This morning, I want to focus on really being rooted in that place. Let's look at Ephesians. This is primarily our text today. When I get started, I always feel like I forgot something. If somebody can just, you know, wave at me if I forgot something, that'd be great. Okay. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16... This is an apostolic prayer of Paul. This is actually a prayer that we prayed at Thursday morning prayer for this body this week. We were praying this over this body and over this community, this prayer of Paul. Let's actually start with verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Translated by me, that you would get everything God paid for. That if you ordered the large, you would get the large. This is the prayer, that we would be filled with all the fullness, that we would know the inheritance that we have. And it's interesting how much of it really depends on him and not so much on us. But what it is saying is that we're meant to be rooted and grounded. And so we have this imagery that, that um, Judy talked about today, of a tree that is rooted and that there are times when that gets a little shaky, but it's saying, my prayer for you is that you would stay rooted. Isn't it good to know that Jesus comes and sets us upright when we become un unrooted? Is that a... Tipped over. 
That's, that's the technical term. She's a science teacher. She knows these things. <laughs> so we want to be rooted. We want to see this picture. One of our uh, primary scriptures for Living Waters Church has to do with this reality of uh, people becoming oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. This is the goal of the church, is that people would become rooted in the love of God and that from that they would mature and grow and produce fruit. And so what Paul is praying here is that you would be rooted in love. I love that it's according to his abundance. We sang this morning about the faithfulness of God. Do you know why there's not a song about my faithfulness? Because it all depends on the faithfulness of God. That's what I'm rooted in. I'm not rooted in my faithfulness. Thank the Lord. So we sing and we proclaim the faithfulness of God. It comes from his abundance. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That means I always have this place that I can be rooted in that's unchanging, unwavering in love, even when I'm wrestling with that love. I love that it talks about how it comes by the Spirit. It says that you would be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. It comes by his Spirit. I know that as I talk about love this morning, I don't have to worry about how many persuasive words I use or that I can convince you because I have a Spirit that's operating in the room, doing the work of grounding you in love as we just choose to to sit under the reality of what his word says. I don't have to try to convince you. Right now you're going, well, then why do you talk for 30 minutes? Because sometimes it takes the spirit that long. And you won't sit still otherwise. I'm just here to make you sit here with the spirit. No, that's not true. I don't know if that's true. It's not in my notes. I'll have to look it up. But the reality is the Spirit is working to convince us of that love, to ground us in that love, to grow us through that love. That's the work of the Spirit. That's His faithfulness, not mine. I love that it comes from the inside out. This, this love that he's speaking, that it would be, I'd be strengthened from the inner man. That means no matter what's happening outside around me, I can still be being strengthened from the inner man. Do you know that's true about a tree? <laughs> Do you know that the trees right now that are dormant are being strengthened on the inside? There's not leaves and fruit and but they're being strengthened on the inside because they're rooted and there's still something happening on the inside. Do you know that a tree that goes through drought and gets burned down to a stump, how many of you have felt like you've had seasons like that where you've just been, I just used drought and fire together. So there was a drought and then a fire where you've, you've been uh, burned. There's been a fire in your life. There's been a circumstance, and it, it burned it down to nothing. And yet, how many of you know, the, if the roots are still there, it's going to produce again? 
It's going to send branches up. You know, we had a bunch of cottonwoods that were sort of precariously tipped toward the parsonage. And um, we pulled them out. And so they were hacked into pieces. They were hacked off at the trunk, at the ground. The stump was ground. I watched Pastor Dave grind stumps for hours with the stump grinder into little tiny pieces. But guess what? We have thousands of little cottonwood trees growing up through the grass. Do you know why? Because the roots are still there. So there is nothing. That's why the scripture, neither death nor life, nor powers nor principalities, can separate me from the love of God because it's, it's in this place, in this hidden place where I'm rooted in the inner man, not in the outside. Are you rooted? Whether you've gone through a drought, whether you've gone through a fire, whether you have felt cut back to nothing, you are rooted. And you're going to continue to produce and continue to grow from the inside out. I love that it talks about by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we've been rooted and grounded in love. So being rooted and founded, having our foundation in love, we would be able to comprehend with all the saints the width, length, depth, and height of the love of God. This word comprehend, how many of you think of the word comprehend and go, it's kind of like this. Oh, I get it. Comprehend. Oh, no, no. That's not what it means. It means to seize, to lay hold of, to aggressively take, to grasp forcefully, to make your own, to tenaciously pursue. That's what it means to comprehend the love. That there is a tenacity, there is a a taking by force, a grasping that we are to pursue in the love of God. Not just like, oh, I think I get it now. No, no. Have you, have you aggressively taken hold of? Have you made it yours? Think about how aggressively roots take hold of the ground. How they, they take hold in a way that they're, I mean, that's why we have to grind stumps. Because they're not coming out. That's what he's calling us into when he says be rooted and grounded. That we would grab hold of with such tenacity. We can be tenacious for a lot of things. I see us being tenacious for a lot of things. Scripture says be tenacious in this. Pursue this. Grab hold of this forcefully. Love. Because that, from that, everything else will flow. It's this invitation to go after it. I love that it's something that happens together with the saints, that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints. How often do we make love a solo sport? It's good. It's good for us. When, when uh, Carrie spoke a word this morning and she goes, this is a word for you individually and it's a word for the corporate body. 
And there's times when we miss the fullness of God's love because we just want to do it here between me and Jesus. I'm just going to, and part of that's because we don't want to like have to depend on the faithfulness of others. Like I know, I know this love is perfect. And that's true. That's where we should be founded. But there is a place of comprehending with the saints, with the set of part ones. That's us. And having an understanding that we, that's partly why we sing together and we have corporate worship where we are all together comprehending, taking hold of the love of God together. Pursuing that together. What does it look like to pursue or comprehend with the saints? It means I am going to get this love thing. I'm going to get this love thing between me and Jesus and I'm going to get this love thing between you and me. I'm going to be tenacious for that. I'm going to go to bat again when it didn't go so well and, and we weren't, the love wasn't flowing. There's a tenacity in, in understanding the love of Christ and there's a tenacity in how that works in our relationships with one another. I love that it talks about, can you tell I love this verse? I love that it talks about the being able to comprehend with the saints it doesn't say with one another. or And basically, it's using that terminology because it's saying that you would comprehend with the set-apart ones, with the ones whose love looks different than the world's love, that you would comprehend. You'd be okay with the fact that it looks different for us. For us, the set-apart ones, love looks different. In Matthew 5, 46 it says, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do that? Basically, he's saying, don't even, doesn't even the world do that? Don't even sinners do that? They love the ones who love them? And if you greet your brother only, what do you do more than any others? Don't even the tax collectors do that? Poor tax collectors. Just trying to make a living, and they're like synonymous with sin. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as the Father in heaven is perfect. Another word that I'm more comfortable with is complete, but it does mean perfect. It means complete, that our love would be complete, that we'd comprehend with the set-apart ones a love that looks different than the love in the world. The love in the world loves those that loves them. What's a way that our love looks different? I love those that hate me. I love, I love those that really don't think about me at all. Sometimes it's actually easier for me to love someone who hates me than it is for me to love someone who's indifferent towards me. I hate indifference. But that's how our love looks different. We're rooted and grounded in a love that's going to look different, that's set apart from the way the world loves I love that it talks about then all the dimensions. That's why the greatest is love, because it has all of these different dimensions. It's multifaceted. How many of you have reached the end of all the dimensions of God's love that you can experience? No. Isn't that amazing? It's so eternal, this continual exploration of his love, all the facets of it. 
I love that it, it talks about all the different dimensions, the multi-dimensions of his love, that it's so wide, that it covers all of humanity. They needed to know how wide the love of God was because up until that point, up until the ministry of the apostles, the love of God was specifically for the Jews. And the gospel was going forth saying, actually, no, the love of God is wider than that. It's also for the Gentiles, which is basically everyone who's not a Jew. I love how it talks about how long the love of God is. To me, that speaks to the endurance of the love of God that from before time and for eternity, his love has been. This is why we can't separate the character and the nature of God in the Old Testament from the New Testament. We have to know that this same love that we celebrate at Christmas was the same love that the God of the Old Testament had because he's God (laughs) with this enduring love, this long love. What I like about long love is that it was just like the Holmans talked about this morning. It allows him, it's a long love that sees from afar off and meets us in that place. It's long. It can reach to things, places that you don't even imagine. Do you have people in your life that you have, you go, oh, I'm so glad God's love is long. (laughs) Have you been in that place where you go, oh, I'm so glad his love was long for me? It talks about the dimension of his love that is deep, that goes to the depths It talks about how he descended into hell. There's this depth of his love that goes to the the deepest, darkest places. Depths of his love that goes to the depths of us. That can reach places that in, in our inner selves that nothing else can reach. That there's no place too low for him to find us. And I love that it talks about the height of his love that brings us up. The scripture says that we are seated in heavenly places with him. That there's a place that when we're in his love, there's no limit. We get to come up into this this heavenly place, this height of his love. I'm so glad that we have this picture of this dimension of his love. And then it says to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. It means that is greater than knowledge. To know and knowledge, aren't those kind of the same word? You would think so. But no, it's talking about to know has to do with this experience of love, this intimacy with love, this this, um, current to know is like, an experience that I'm having right now. And I read this as this experience, this intimacy of love, surpasses the knowledge of his love. This constant, ongoing experience of his love surpasses what I've known of his love before. How many of you have had encounters with the love of God where In the moment, you just go, I can't imagine ever not feeling this way. 
You, you, it's, it's an encounter. I remember going through different encounters with the love of God where I'm experiencing the love of the Father and just this amazing protection and, and affection and heart being set on me. And, and I'm experiencing the depth of his love as a father. And, and I'm going, oh, I, I don't ever want to lose this feeling. And then I've had times when I've experienced the, the whole kind of bridal love of recognizing that his heart is set on me and, and he's pursuing me and I'm responding to him in this love. And I remember having an um, experience with the Lord right there on the floor, different carpet, same floor, just weeping as I'm having this revelation of how much he loves me and he's inviting me into his heart and, and he's calling me his bride. And, and I'm in the moment, I'm even going, oh, there's there's going to be a time when I don't feel this anymore. I'm already thinking about, oh, I, I'm, I'm not always going to be in this. Can I just stay here in this place? Well, no, you wouldn't be much good to anybody because you're kind of a noodle. And But we need to recognize that those experiences where I go, oh, I had the knowledge of his love. No, there's a place of knowing his love continually right now. Like I can continue. Am, am I walking in the revelation of that? Yes. But there is a, it's saying to know the love of Christ, meaning to be experiencing it continually surpasses what I've known of it before. Is that making sense? That there are new places in his love that he's drawing us to. And sometimes we are so set on getting back to that place of understanding his love that we miss the thing that surpasses even that. Can we expect to, to continually have these experiences of love with him? The other thing that he's talking about here is not only just the knowledge of his love, it surpasses the knowledge, but it surpasses knowledge. I've shared with you before, I'm kind of a information junkie. I think there's a program for that. But it's, it's like, I just love, when I worked at a bank in lending, commercial lending, it just thrilled me to hear about all these different businesses and how they run and, oh, you have helicopters and, oh, how do you, like, because I enjoy information about different things and how they connect and whatever. But, but there's, there's an aspect of that that we can take into our relationship with our faith and with the word where it's all about what can I know? What can I know? What can I know? As a pastor, sometimes there's this pressure like, I got to bring them something really cool that I know. What, what new thing do I know that I can share? We get kind of addicted to this kind of revelatory, I got to bring this new thing that I know. And yet he says, any instruction, any teaching is for the sake of love. In 1 Timothy 1.5, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart. That any instruction in the word, any teaching in, in what we're doing in this context, the goal of that should be love. That it would elicit love in us. Holy cow. So we want to be 
rooted and grounded because that allows us to be filled with all the fullness of God. What does it mean to be rooted? We know that a plant starts with the roots. You plant a seed. It takes a while, depending on the kind of seed, to see anything happening above the ground because it begins with the roots. And we need to remember that our connection to God, our responding to God, begins with love. His love for us, not even our love for him. That that's what we're rooted in. That my response to him comes from the receiving of his love. That's, where, that's why we stay rooted in that place. So a plant or a tree begins with those roots. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. That's what we're founded in. But we know that a tree is also sustained by the roots. And this is, we've talked about this before, this is where we sometimes get tripped up a little bit. We might respond to the love of God. We might, we might have that moment where we hear the gospel and we hear that invitation of how God loved me and so he sent his son and we, the Holy Spirit brings the reality of that love and we respond to that and then we get into a church and then sometimes we forget that we are also sustained by that. And we begin to sustain ourselves with other things that we do, things to do. And we need to stay in this place where we remember, not only it didn't start with something and then it became something else. No, it, it's sustained by this love. It's sustained by being rooted in that place. For me, the big challenge is I begin to think my faith and my growth is sustained by my love for God. I am so impressed some days with how much I love God. <laughs> Not all the days, just some days. But I think, oh, oh if I can just, okay, I just, I just have to love God more. I find a place where I'm not bearing fruit. Oof, that's not fruit. What's going on there? Oh, I, I, I just need to love God more. No, it didn't start with that. It started with recognizing and receiving his love for me. And so I'll go, I'll try to love God and try to love God. And, try, and I go, oh, wait, no, I forgot. I have nothing apart from the love that I receive from you. And I get myself anchored again in his love. And then guess what? The fruit of love pops out on my branches. But we, we sometimes forget what it started with, it's also sustained by. Amen? And then the, the last piece is the roots is what actually creates the fruit. It's what actually creates any kind of Motivation, that's what I'm meant to be motivated by, is this love. So then, so okay, maybe I believe we're sustained by it, but then I go, but I got to create fruit. And so I begin to focus on what it looks like to create fruit, what it looks like to change my behavior, what it looks like to have an impact in someone's life, what it looks like to, to do well in the ministry that God's put me in. And I begin to work towards that and work towards that. And, and 
it becomes motivated by something else other than what it's meant to be motivated, which is love. My job every Sunday that I preach is to come and be motivated by love. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I'm motivated by, well, I I need people to be impacted. I I need this to make a difference. I need to justify my place in this role. How many of us do that? In the things that, that God calls us into, and we step out of this being rooted in love. But my best that I can bring to you is when it comes from the place of love. My love for him, and then through that, my love for the body. And the same is true for you in, any, in anything, in your parenting, in your, in your job, in your work, that, that the fruit in our lives can no, it can't be motivated by something other than love. It can't be motivated by shame or guilt. It can't be motivated by fear. Sometimes we get into, so, so we're in marriage, and the motivation is love. But what would happen if uh, Jay Bryan, Pastor Jay Bryan, asked me to do something? You know, I'd, I'd really like you to, I don't know, I can't think of an example. Um, do the dishes. Would you just do the dishes for once? I'd really like you to do the dishes. And I go, is this like a divorce issue? Like, what's going to happen if I don't do the dishes? And he goes, well, no, 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 of course it's not. And I go, okay. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. And yet, I think we do this sometimes in our Christian walk. When it comes to the walking in the commandments of the Lord or the obedience of what he's asking us to do, sometimes we go, is this a salvation issue? Oh, okay. Well, okay, okay, okay. It's not supposed to be motivated by that. It's supposed to be motivated by love. If I do the dishes, I do it out of love. Or because I hate dirty dishes, one of the two. But there is an aspect where we sometimes begin to make it about something else. Will I feel bad if I don't do this? Will I feel guilty? Will somebody, someone see that I'm not doing it? As opposed to I do it for the sake of love. Where Jesus says, uh, if, you, if you love me, you will keep my commands. How many of us read that, I have to keep the commands to prove to God that I love him. But it's really, if you love me, if you're rooted and grounded in love, you will do the things that I've asked you, that will be the outflow of your life. And so we want to come from that place. All right. Well, here's what I'd like to close with. I'd like to close with about 20 more minutes of, no, I'm just kidding. Um, What I'd like to close with is, here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to assign, since we didn't get all our work done in class today. I'm going to, encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. 
And because this is a way that we can check if we're rooted and grounded in love. Because this says, well, what does it look like when I'm rooted and grounded in love? It looks like love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy. And so I just want you to look through that with Holy Spirit, not just, as Pastor Dave says, belly button gazing. But with Holy Spirit, look at how are my roots in these areas? Am I walking in these things? Do a little study if that's your jam. If that's not your jam, don't do it. If you can't do it out of love, don't do it. So, but, but go ahead and read it. And let's ask the Lord as we're examining our roots this week that Jesus said, I have loved you, now remain in my love. And we're going to ask the question, have I remained? Do I abide? Am I rooted in your love? And let him speak to us about that, not in a, not in a way, really, I believe you're going to see the Lord encourage you in those things that you are remaining in his love. But we're asking, what places are you inviting me to be tenacious in being rooted in your love? What places have, have I maybe looked to other things or I've been drawing from other things? Where have I made it about something else? Am I sustained by something different? Is my relationship with you, God, founded on something different than your love? This is a time when we get to come into alignment and have our roots set right. So let's allow him to speak to us, not for the sake of, well, now i got to feel bad about something I'm not doing. It's not about that. We already talked about that it's by his spirit, that it's out of his faithfulness. We're just inviting him to do what Judy saw. We're saying, would you set my roots right? in a place where I haven't really been fully rooted in you. Show me those places that I draw from something else, that I'm motivated by something else. Am I motivated by something other than your love? And let's be tenacious for it. Let's seize it. Take hold of it. Amen? Can you stand and we'll pray? Lord, we thank you that you established us by your love. That you were tenacious in your love for us. That your love is long, so it even only takes one step towards you to be met by your great love. Lord, I pray for each one here that you would show us any place that we aren't fully rooted in you, any place that we aren't experiencing the abundance, the width, the length, the height, the depth of your love in our lives. We thank you that you are calling us deeper, that you are inviting us to be more deeply rooted in your love for the sake of being sustained, for the sake of bearing fruit that comes only from that place of your love. God, we invite you to search us and to know us and, 
and to show us any place where our roots can go deeper, any place where we are drawing from something other than you or any place where we're motivated by something other than your love. We want the fullness of God that comes from being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Thank you for doing that work by your spirit. We lean into that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.